1: Shabbat Shalom, everybody. I want to thank you for your... You'll forgive me if I cry a little tonight. I want to thank you for your beautiful sanctuary and for your beautiful community and for your beautiful singing. It's been two weeks since I let myself really cry and feel the tragedy that has befallen us. So I want to thank you for giving me the space, a safe one, and one that's full of love. I want to share with you, because when I look into this audience, there are people of so many ages, and I look at these beautiful young faces. So I want to share with you what happened two weeks ago as we had Kabbalat Shabbat in my community, in Ranana. And as you know, it was not just Shabbat, it was Simcha Torah. It was Simcha Torah that by the time Jews around the world got to celebrating for thousands of years, Jews around the world had nothing else, just a Torah to be joyful for. We had no country, we had no independence, we had no sovereignty, we had no defense force, we had no temple, we had no Seder Avodah. We had no Kohanim. We had one thing. We had a book. And that book gave us joy for thousands of years. And we celebrated it. And it kept us as a people for thousands of years. And it ensured that our identity is passed on to these Barn and Bat Mitzvah kids that are going to be celebrating this Shabbat. And that book, that book made sure that we had what to be joyous for, for thousands of years. And two weeks ago, on Friday night, my best friend's son, Arya Zering, came into shul with my friends. They're big. Three of my kids are already in the army, and the fourth is in high school. And they decided to make sure all the little kids had fun. They decided that that book was the most important thing for our kids to celebrate. So Ari Ziering, he put on a talus, and when it came time for singing and dancing with the Torah, he got those kids jumping up and down. And he came in with his talus and he screamed out, Ivdu! Ivdu et Hashem basimcha! Worship God with joy. And that was our Friday night and it was so joyous. And on Shabbat morning we awoke like thousands of others in Israel at 6:30 a.m. to blaring sirens warning us that we have to go into our safe spaces 6:30 in the morning all my kids were home from the army it was a very special Shabbat for us and we all found ourselves in the safe space which is actually in my son's bathroom so it was a little bit funny and everybody was cracking jokes and after this siren, warning of, and I remind us, that more than 7,000 rockets in the last two weeks have been launched at Israeli children, at Israeli civilians sleeping in their beds. Today, hundreds more rockets, over 7,000 rockets each, in the language of international law, a double war crime, targeting civilians, Israeli civilians, from densely populated areas in Gaza endangering the civilians in Gaza. But Hamas does not care for human life, not at all. It uses human life as a sacrifice, as a pawn, as a shield. It has no concern for human life. And so we decided we don't let terror win, because that's what terror does. It instills fear and despair and distrust. And so we were going to go to shul. And we did. And it was Shabbat morning. And There was tension in the air, but none of us knew what was going on. And actually, we decided not to check our phones yet. We don't use our phone on Shabbat, and we went to shul. In 50 years to the Yom Kippur War, kids, husbands, wives began getting called out of shul, one after the other after the other. And it was clear that this was not just regular red alert sirens, as regular as it can be to have incoming missiles. It was clear that it was something else, and none of us knew what. And when I asked my best friend, Debbie, if she'd heard from the boys yet, because they hadn't come to shul, she said her youngest daughter, Tal, who's my daughter's best friend, just came to shul and said, Arya said, I have to go tell mom and dad I'm going in. And two hours after Arya got into a car and ran to the front, He came to a camp, a military camp, that had been completely decimated by genocidal terrorists. Hamas, a proxy of a genocidal regime. Iran, decimated alongside hundreds, hundreds of soldiers, hundreds of civilians. And Aryeh ran into the fire and... The friend that was injured alongside him came to tell us that he was so brave. He fought off those terrorists. And then he was killed. And so on Tuesday, we buried our Zering. Two days, three days after this war had begun. And we went from funeral to funeral and from shiva to shiva. And we we sang tonight, El Narifanala. I implore that each one of you have one LA in mind. I had in mind my best friend, Debbie Zeering. that I pray will find healing and comfort because the numbers are too astounding. We can't hold on to these numbers. 1,400 murdered, bludgeoned, raped, burned. We can't hold on to those numbers. Thousands lying in hospitals, thousands injured, not just in body, but in soul. We can't hold on to those numbers, 203 people, now 201, abducted by Hamas, abducted into the hell of Gaza. And what I came to tell you tonight is that we, the Jewish people, at this point in time, 75 years after we returned to our ancestral homeland, as an indigenous people, after millennia, thousands of years of exile and persecution, we have what to celebrate that is more than the Torah. We have a country, we have independence, we have an army, we have incredible individuals around the world, half of us here and half of us in Israel. And what's most important for me, for each one of you to know, is that we all have a role in this existential war of our times. Each person here, young kids, older kids, adults, parents, educators, we each have a role. You are each boots on the ground in this war to which the entire population of Israel is enlisted, not just my own three kids and not just on the front lines. Home front command has become the front lines. The civilian population is the front lines. And each one of you is the front lines, and you are at the front lines of the reason that I came here. When I got on that plane last Thursday, it was like somebody was ripping my heart out of my body to sit on that plane and know that I'm leaving behind three kids that are in the army, my husband who's in reserves, my son who's in high school, and we buried not only my best friend's son, but my son's best friend. But I got on the plane because it was very important for me to tell you as Israel's Special Envoy for Combating Anti-Semitism and as Israel is the Jewish nation-state, that I am your Special Envoy for Combating Anti-Semitism. That we have to combat anti-Semitism together. That when I say that each one of you is the boots on the ground right here, it is in a war that is very difficult to fight. It's an unconventional war for public opinion. We see that it is raging and we see, as the rabbi said, that it didn't take, like after the Holocaust, decades to deny or justify or excuse. It took days. It took days to deny or excuse or justify the atrocities, the war crimes, the crimes against humanity of October 7th, after which the world will never be the same. And so I'm here to ask you to take that mission of being boots on the ground very seriously, to understand that in order to combat antisemitism together, we have to understand that the current mutation, the mainstream, modern mutation of antisemitism is anti-Zionism. If you do not understand or do not accept that the state of Israel has a right to exist as a member in the family of nations, that is antisemitism. If you do not believe that the state of Israel, like any other country, not only has the right, has the responsibility to defend its civilians, like any other country, that is anti-Semitism. If you are willing to hold up signs that say, I am Hamas, that is like holding up signs 11 days after 9-11 that say, I am Al-Qaeda. That is like holding up a sign that says, I am a Nazi. And the only way that we will be able to overcome this challenge to our people is together, is united. As the rabbi said, transcending any difference of yesterday, orthodox, conservative reform, for judicial reform, against judicial reform. By the way, Jew or non-Jew, it's important to remember that there are Muslims and Christians and Druze and Bedouins serving right now side by side in Israel's army, because Israel is not an apartheid state like they've lied over and over again, because Israel never committed any kind of atrocity and never would. And that is the moral clarity and courage with which you have to fight this war. And I am here for each and every one of you to give you more clarity, to give you more courage. But it's important to remember, and as the late Rabbi Sachs differentiated, that we are a people of hope, of tikvah, with our national anthem being ha And hope, differently from optimism, is not the belief that everything will be okay, it's the belief that together we can make it okay. It is not a passive virtue, it is a very active one. And whereas it takes no courage at all to be an optimist, it takes a great deal of courage to have hope. So fight this war with action and with courage. Be sure that you call out the moral clarity. And remember that whereas never again for our people, maybe for the rest of the world, meant never again will we be silent, never again will we stand by with false moral equivalency, that's not exactly how it's working out, but for our people today, we know that never again means never again will we not be able to defend ourselves. We have the IDF. Never again will we wait for others to save us. We will defend ourselves. Never again will we allow in this war that creates that false moral equivalency between genocidal terror and a democratic Jewish country, one single Democratic Jewish country in the entire world. Never again will we allow that false moral equivalency to go unanswered, whether at work or at school or on university campuses or on the streets. We can fight this war and we can win this war. But we can only do it if we do it together with each one of us as boots on the ground. So, thank you. And thank you for sharing this time with me. And thank you for letting me speak to you. And please know that there is nothing that will stand in the way of our eternal hope as a people. And I'll just say at the end, not only Am Yisrael Chai, but the prayer, Hashem Oz Le Hashem Yivareh Itamu Bashalom. God give us strength and resilience and God bless us with peace. Shabbat Shalom.
0: thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Synagogue podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about our community, check out PASYN.org See you in shul. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah,